Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today's reading is John chapter 6, verses 1 to 21. And I want to encourage you, as always, to read the passage before you listen. What we encounter is a crowd following Jesus, curious about what he's going to do next. John even makes a point to tell us these people are not following Jesus because of who he was or what he would say, but because of the signs he was performing. In essence, they want to see Jesus do more tricks. As the crowd amasses, Jesus asks Philip where they would buy bread. And Philip answers that 200 days' wages would not be enough to pay for food for all this crowd, a crowd that is described here as having at least 5,000 men and probably more women and children. What John does, though, is the Apostle John gives us a peek behind the scenes here, telling us that Jesus was testing Philip. This is often how God likes to work. He likes to work with the deck stacked against him. God's not only interested in acting, he desires to build faith and trust among his people. When the disciples come to him having found a boy with five loaves and two fish, I'm not sure what they were expecting. John's point here is not merely that Jesus fed the crowds, though. John wants to emphasize the fact that as Jesus took these five loaves and two fish and fed the crowd, Everyone got all they wanted, and there was still plenty left over. John's gospel has repeatedly shown us that Jesus is more than enough. In John chapter 4, Jesus does not just quench our thirst, he makes us never thirst again. And here, he does not just meet our cravings, he satisfies with plenty left over. After the feeding of the crowd, the disciples make their way across the sea. As they sail across, a big storm rises. Now, if we read this carefully, we see what makes these disciples afraid is not the sea, but the figure walking on the sea. They see the silhouette of someone coming to them, and it terrifies them. Now, who wouldn't be terrified at something like this? But Jesus reassures them by saying, it is I. In the Greek, John writes that Jesus says, ego ami, or I am. And then the disciples were glad to take him into the boat. Now, attentive readers here will notice again that in the story, John provides one of these details that may seem rather insignificant. So insignificant that the only reason it would be included is because he wants it to make a point. John tells us the timing of all these events, that they happened at the time of the Passover. Now we have to ask ourselves, why would John include this? Why would he go out of his way to make sure that we have the time frame of these events? Well, when John mentions the Passover, the Passover immediately calls the reader back to the time of the Exodus. Was it the Passover that God delivered Israel from slavery to Egypt? And here is Jesus in John chapter 6 doing what God did in the Old Testament. He is providing for people with food in the wilderness, just like God did with manna. He's bringing his people through the sea miraculously, just like God did at the Red Sea. And he is revealing himself to his disciples 
as the I am to comfort them and to call them to strength and courage as they follow him, just like God did with Moses in Exodus chapter 3. See, Jesus is not simply to be recognized as an earthly king who will defeat Rome. That's what the crowd wants. And that's why Jesus withdrew from the crowd is because he wasn't there to be the kind of king they wanted. Jesus is God. He's not to be made king. He is already king, and he must be recognized as such. So as we read this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three questions. First, what does this passage tell me about God? Well, one thing we see here is the attention and the care of a God who meets physical and spiritual needs. Jesus cared that these people would be hungry. He satisfied their physical hunger, but he knew that in and of itself, satisfying their physical hunger was not enough. But then again, neither was pronouncing blessings on them while they starved. Jesus does not just care about our bodies or just care about our souls. He cares about us. And he meets both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. Another thing we see in this passage is God's total control over nature and over evil. In the Old Testament, the sea was emblematic of chaos. The sea was dark and mysterious. And so when we see Jesus walking on the sea, God is demonstrating that Jesus is more powerful than nature's most volatile forces. Don't miss that Jesus did not merely calm the storm. He brought them to rest like it said the Messiah would do in Psalm 107. In Psalm 107, 29-30, this is what the psalmist writes, He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. See, God is not just here to remove the storms of life. He's here to bring us through them, and only he can control them, and only he has the power to do so. The second question we want to ask is, what does this tell me about me? What we see here is a group of people following Jesus, but they're following Jesus as a problem solver, not as Lord. Even when they try to force him to be their king, it's not to rule over them. It's to fix their mess for them. The fundamental question everyone who seeks to follow Jesus must ask is whether we follow him to get from him or we follow him to get him. So often we follow Jesus just for Jesus to fix our problems. But Jesus came so that we could know him, that as John says in John 1, we can receive him and we can live in relationship with him. The third question we need to ask is, what does this passage tell me to do? John shows us a Jesus who meets the needs of his people. He feeds them when they're hungry. He gets them to safety through the storms of life. The question is never about Jesus' ability. It's always about my trust in that ability. Do I trust Jesus to provide when it seems hopeless? Do I trust that he will deliver me when it seems impossible? More than anything, do I trust that he's enough? And if Jesus cares about the physical and spiritual needs of people, is that what I care about as well? Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. 
We'll be back on Monday as we discuss John chapter 6, verses 22 to 71. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God, and whatever you do, take comfort to know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Bye.